Play them on, Eric. There we go. Yeah. Chad, what episode is this, Chad? <laughs> For Christ's sake, start the fucking episode. Episode number 165, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very special guest this morning, or this, this afternoon. This morning. Depending on where you're listening to it. Midnight. Midnight. Monday night. Tuesday morning. Morning, morning to me. <laughs> very cool. Good to have you, son. How are you? Nice to be here. Doing all right. Doing all right. A little tired of the, the, the Austin uh, there and back last night, but doing all right. So every Tuesday at the Continental Club in Austin, Texas? Mm-hmm. Well, luckily you don't live far away. Yeah, it's only, you know, two and a half hours. How was yeah. it? Yeah, we had a good time. It was fun playing after McMurtry. So, uh, oh, yeah. The crowd there, and uh, that's always a good time. Gee, I wish I could do one. Yeah, I think you are. Next Tuesday, I think. I am Tuesday, exactly. Uh, I texted some drummer. I thought it was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, for those who don't know, so, uh, so Sir Luba, as he's known in the. Uh, in the Houston music community, is uh, is is not only a god of country, but he's also uh, uh, mixing just the the ultimate in sound man. He's one of our absolute favorites, and uh, we 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 so much so that we drug him along when we opened up for Thirty Eight Special. And my favorite story is we we weren't at the board at that time, but uh, friends of ours were at the the board and saw the saw the look on the on the guys at the Arena Theater. When they saw you operate the board, they were just like, fuck it. They all just kind of walk away. They go, this guy knows what he's doing. Whereas the whole crew from 38 Special spent day and night and every, I mean, just trying to get every single channel. They had to put something on every channel and double it. And it was just a night. So, so it was just not only made it sound good, but you also made us look really good. For sure. So when did, when did you realize that we'll get to your music thing, but when did you realize that you were, that, that you were so gifted in the, in the ways of audio engineering? Uh, it's kind of cut my teeth in New York city. Uh, you know, I started out, uh, I moved over there and, uh, to do music and then, you know, the money I had saved up when I moved there went pretty quickly. I needed to get a job. So a friend of mine, Larry Oaks, uh, was a production manager at a place called the hero ballroom. And, uh, he needed a lighting guy. So I started, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. I can do lights. You just kind of turn them on and off. I think right? <laughs> no big deal. Uh, so I learned a lot in that venue, basically built my own lighting system there. Um, <clears throat> got them to buy whatever we needed. And, um, Started doing that, became one of the on-call guys in lights in New York, and then uh, kind of got burnt out on it. I don't know, just kind of needed a switch and uh, moved into doing sound. And uh, but I'd always been kind of messing with sound at you know my own shows and doing home recordings and stuff like that. So I kind of you know had some good teachers and I kind of knew what was going on. So that's kind of where I got into it, and then spent you know a good ten years or so doing that stuff up there. So. That's where the schooling came from. <laughs> cool. No one's going to jump on the fact that Luba started out as a lighting designer and he said he got burnt out on it. Come on. <laughs> what, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. We, there's, there's, really no, there's really no follow-up after that. We should just end it right here. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> so, so, so where did you move from to move to New York City? Where were you from? I, was, uh, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, well, I was born in Czechoslovakia, which was which it was back when I was born in Brno, and then uh, we uh, basically escaped the uh, Iron Curtain uh, in the middle of the night, 
straight wow. up. Um, just took what belongings we had that would uh, look like we were going on vacation. And uh, the, the story was, uh, I'm going a little further back than answer that question, but, um, you know, you had to kind of like my parents had to prove themselves that they could take the kids on vacation because, uh, you know, they could go to Western Europe to Austria where their friends were. But, you know, like they wouldn't permit me and my brother to go with them so that they wouldn't escape. So it was pretty hardcore stuff. Oh, and then wow. once they proved themselves a few times, you know, we got to go and take the kids and we went down to what was Yugoslavia, which is not Croatia, went to the to the sea. And uh, we had these stamps in the passports that didn't allow you to cross any other borders, borders which my dad erased somehow i remember him sitting on a table on the beach and erasing out stamps and then we crossed uh, over the alps uh, austrian alps into austria in the middle of the night and claimed refugee status and um my dad wanted to end up in vancouver he had friends there he loved the nature he loved the fishing and all that kind of stuff and uh <clears throat> so year and a half in austria uh you know that's why i started first grade and then uh we moved to Vancouver and, you know, I was eight, I think when we got to, to Canada and then I grew up there and started, my dad was a musician. So I started fooling around and I started playing in bands and bars when I was 15 years old. And then, you know, we were doing some serious touring with a band called terror of tiny town that I was in back then, uh, across the States and in Europe and, uh, went over to Japan once. Um, and then that kind of broke up when I went off on my own, started writing my own songs, doing my own bands and um, needed to get out because, you know, the, there was quite a big music scene in Vancouver in, in the 80s and the early 90s. And then, you know, like everywhere else, when grunge came along, it kind of changed the whole scene because in Vancouver, it was a big sort of rock town. I mean, Bruce Freber and Bob Rock were working out of there, making all the Aerosmith, Bon Jovi, Metallica, and Motley Crue, all that stuff was being done up there. And then the whole industry changed and, and moved, just left you know, all the labels left Vancouver, the bar started to close down. And so we'd come off the road and there was kind of like nothing to do. So, and I always, I've been in New York a few times and it was like, that is the place I went, almost went to Chicago for a minute, had some offers from friends, but then I was like, if I'm going to go, it's go big or go home. Right. So, um, that's kind of how that went down. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, what a great yeah. story. So yeah, you've got a lot of empathy for our friends in, uh, in Ukraine right now. You've got to, you know, the, oh, man. Yeah, just yeah, that's just, heartbreaking. I'm, it's just uh, there's no words. I have no words. Yeah, this yeah. could turn ugly really quickly if I started talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah it, it is. It, there's, there's, there's nothing. You know, it's just, it's just devastating. It's just, um, but so New York was, New York was obviously good to you. Oh yeah, I mean it was, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it was kind of like, you know, uh, make it, you know, making it like, and then you kind of get a sense of, well, what is that? When you're really in the business and then when you're in it seriously, you kind of figure it out as you go. And, you know, I was sharing stages and hanging out with some of the best musicians in the world um, and being schooled, you know, pretty hard. It was like there was a bar that was in that town and you needed to be as good as everybody else. So. There was, you know, a lot of learning going on. My whole musical growing up and education was done running around New York City playing with different people and just kind of cutting my teeth on that stuff. So, um, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, you know, like I always say, there's there's two two reasons you would live in New York, and it's to it's either for the money, you know, that you're making there in whatever world you're you're working in, or you're doing it to to experience it and uh 
And I exp- I was there for about 15 years and I ran that town pretty hard. Like I know I like the back of my hand and I did everything that you could possibly do. You know, some stuff I can't even mention. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. But uh, yeah, you can. it was, uh, you know, and then I kind of, it kind of, I got the wall started to close in, you know, I mean, the city changed to, you know, in the, you know, I got there in early 2000s, 2005. And it was cool for about the first five, six, seven years. And then things started to change. When CBGBs and a lot of those clubs started to close, it was because they had 30-year leases that had now run out and the mm-hmm. rents quadrupled. You know, the leases quadrupled. Mm-hmm. So there was no way they could sustain that. And uh, and just the whole town kind of changed. It became a lot of Starbucks and, you know, banks on the corners and Dwayne Reed's and stuff like that. And all the venues moved to Brooklyn. And then I lived in Brooklyn before it became hipster town. I lived in Bushwick. Uh, and then the rents went up and it kind of got little, the grit started to get washed out a bit. And so I kind of started looking for, you know, a move, you know, um, just, I don't know. I'm kind of a gypsy, you know, I like, I, you know, let's just move it along. All right. I've done it. Okay. That's enough. Let's, let's find something else. And I've been coming down here, um, to play and hang out. And it was kind of like, you know, Nashville was maybe a thing. Um, upstate New York was kind of chill. That could have been cool. And, uh, but in Nashville, it's like, Oh, everybody's a musician and you're in a town full of musicians. And it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I like it there. Just kind of, you know, you're constantly competing with somebody and I'm not, I don't really compete. It's like, you know, we're all, we're all in it together. You know, I don't need to be the top of the top or whatever and have that, uh, shit sort of hanging in the background anyway. So Houston always seemed like a cool town, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, so kind of set up camp here and been here. How long have you been here? I think four years or so. 2017, I got down here. So whatever that is. Okay. Gosh, Mm -hmm. it feels like it's been longer than that. It's crazy. Um, but what was your first connection with Houston? How did you, did you meet somebody um, from here? We, I was coming. I knew of Pete Gordon at the club through my friend Roscoe, uh, Eric Ambell up in New York, and, and okay. Keith Christopher, uh, bass player of mine, friend of mine, and uh, and I, you know, sort of come down and hang out and you know bop around town. So that was kind of the intro to it, you know. And it was kind of like you know home base, you know. Eric, you know, said go see Pete at the, at the continental and, you know, he might give you a job doing sound. So that's what I did. And then uh, wow. that was, and I was home base and it's story it still is home base sort of, you know, yeah. I live, literally I look at it from my patio. <laughs> Once again, Pete Gordon making things happen. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The guy, the guy, the guy is unstoppable and it's such a small world when you got, start talking music, especially in this town, the, the, the tributaries, the streams, the rivers, the everything goes and everything comes back. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, that's sort of, you know, that's sort of nationwide, you know, it's the whole country. It's kind of connected. It's a pretty small scene, you know, um, like uh, through my friend, Brian Carp, who plays bass with me up in New York. We were out in LA during Nam and, and we needed a drummer. We were doing the gig. So he, his buddy, Dave Stark uh, jumped on the gig and then, uh, you know, and he's great friends with, with Eric. So it's, you know, and he lives, he lived in, he's a Berkeley professor and then he now lives in Florida and it's all kind of, you know, and Eric Ambell's in New York. Like it's all 
it's all kind of connected, you know, and that's, that's sort of what, you know, going to getting back to the whole making it vibe. It's kind of like once you're in, once you realize you're in the, in that world and in that network, then man, you're, that's it. You, you've made it. You know, there's no, you can't have any delusions of grandeur in this <laughs> business. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. 100%. And uh, Eric, how many times have you played with Dr. Luba here? <laughs> we've done, a, we've done, I've done one or two gigs with the ramble and uh, me and Luba played a couple of times with Callow when she comes to town. And uh, he started doing this kind of mini residency in Austin. So he called me for a couple. I'm doing the 12th and the 26th, um, I believe. So yeah. it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. And the guy that we met at the Celtic Ray down in Florida that came on Sunday, that's Dave Stark. That's the guy that that's, we okay. played with and uh, and who I've known for too too many years to mention currently. So, And he just texted me today. So I'll tell him you said, hey. Oh, cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Wow. So it, it really, it, like Luba says, it's true. It's like the world that we live in is shockingly small. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's at least maybe four degrees of separation amongst people, as you just mentioned, between Eric Ambell and Pete, you know, and of course Pete's, Pete's range is, is very, is very, very wide in, in this right. business, but it really, people think that it's that, like this kind of elitist thing that's huge. It's really, it's really small. And especially folks that are at our level are just way more hip and way more cool than, than, than a lot of folks even can imagine. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And Luba, you'll agree with us too. We've, we've mentioned too, I'm, I'm, I know your answer, but Houston has the best, some of the best players in the country. Uh, you know, since you're, you're, you're as well traveled as any musician I know. And you would agree. The, oh, the absolutely. Level? I mean, the, oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of a hidden secret. Uh, I think, you know, uh, everybody's like, why Houston? Why didn't you go to Austin? Uh, and I just don't say it because I'm like, don't come down here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, no, but it's a uh, absolutely, I mean, there's something in the dirt, you know, there's such a rich hit musical history in this town that I keep finding out about, you know, you know, every week it's like, Oh, that guy too. You know, it's just, it, there's so many, um, yeah. that it's, it's, it, you know, back in, Back in the day, I mean, it was a major, major stop, and a lot of dudes would hang out here and do some serious shit. Um, there's a funny story. So uh, Bart, who owns Rock and Robin, was telling me a story one time. They were back in the '70s. There was a school being torn down on the East Side, and uh, it seemed like it was a pretty poor school, but but music school. And these guys would go and get all the stuff out of the dumpsters. And then he would say, well, come by my shop before you go to the dump. Right. And he pulled out uh, like four fifties tellies. Right. That are just completely. uh, What's the word? I would say destroyed, but they were just, they're just in, in such condition that they were just made to to work like one of they would screw a, a two bass strings on one of them and use it as a bass right like they're just unrecognizable you know what they are but they're and they're all they're like black with dirt right um and then he was he was telling me that one time they pulled up with a truckload full of uh wax uh cylinders right which was the, the thing you'd record onto before you, we started recording onto reel to reel tape whoa 
And he was just, this, mind you, this is in the 70s. So he's like, well, I, I don't want any of this stuff because I don't even have a way to play it. I don't even, you know, can't be bothered. But now he was telling me like, who knows what was on that stuff? Like it literally, it could have been Robert Johnson on that shit. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he was hanging around, you know, the, yeah. I, I recently, maybe three years ago, actually realized that those recordings were done in San Antonio. Robert Johnson, you know, in the hotel room. I always thought it was done in Mississippi or somewhere, you know. Uh, wow. So, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot in the dirt here for sure. Yeah, that's and so. So, what, what, what's your what, what, what's your latest record? We were listening to some on your uh, on your channel. What's your uh, what's your latest record out right now? Uh, it's called American Sin. We put that out in August of uh, 2019. We recorded it up in New York with the New York band, and uh, we were doing pretty big radio push and trying to get it, you know, get something going with it. Um, and then, you know, the plague happened and that all got shut down. So there's blah, 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 you know, that kind of yeah. petered out. But um, yeah, pretty proud of that one. It's it's very sort of Houston influenced. You know, I recorded it up there, but I was already living down here uh, and writing uh, most of it down here. So it's right. nice. Very kind of honky tonk and Gary Stewart ish. I'm so impressed with your sound because we are uh, collectively sick and tired of. I uh, don't want to hear another fucking overly produced, glossy, shitty yeah. fucking play on word bullshit. Fucking right. stab me in the fucking eardrum. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> Tell uh, me how you really it, feel. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to. I'm trying to be nice. No, but I hear just, you. Just you know, we, we're you know, you really only have to, you know, you really only have to just sneeze into a Bucky's and you'll fucking you'll catch that fucking ah that yeah. shit that's just so bad and yeah. it's such a such a breath of fresh air to to listen to your to your music because you have you've got your, you you're you're not patronizing you're not you're not being you're not being tongue in cheek you know it's just it's heart and it's soul and it's fucking it's. It's it's the country that 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 I can I can you know that I can't live without. I was going to say I can. Well, I yeah. mean, thank you. Uh, that that was the whole point. Um, you know, I'd always been interested in that in that kind of sound, and you know, anything that's radioish, and especially now, things have gone just so ruined sonically that there's no feel or depth in any any of that stuff. Um, you know, I recorded it. We recorded. I recorded all my records live. In studio, off the floor, uh, vocals, all of it. There's, you know, might be a mandolin overdub here or solo overdub there, but everything is the same people in the same room at the same time. We recorded that record in one day and we tracked 14 songs. Jesus. The, ba the band was Amazing. like, we walked in. I was like, so we're going to do 14 songs. We're going to do, you know, nine for the record that I wrote. And then we're going to do, we're going to sit down and do this in a circle and do an acoustic kind of EP called American Wino, which is, you know, some favorite covers that we were kind of playing live wow. uh, and they were like there's no way i'm like come on man let's do the, do the math how long is a show right I'm, you know yeah. 14 songs is you know that's maybe an hour and 20 minutes maybe right so wow. it's like we play them three times each you know easy you know we're, we got all night so we did it um that's fantastic. but it was about capturing the vibe of the 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 people the, the musicians playing together in the same room. And that's always been important to me. Um, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, listen to and it, yeah. you, but you also got to write the right songs for that, which is the harder mm. part of all that. Okay. <laughs>
So you had yeah. every, oh, God, that's the, how much planning went into that? Like, how, uh, for you, not as far much. as like, I mean, I kind of, some of the stuff we'd been playing live already. So uh-huh. they kind of knew it. And then, uh, I would demo them down here and then send the demos to them. Okay. Uh, and then when we went in while we were setting up, I just put on Gary Stewart and was like, this is what we're, this is what I'm aiming for this vibe. Right. Nice. Um, and you know, they're, you know, we, we have such a long history of playing together that, you know, it's, it's like mind reading at that point, you Mm -hmm. know? So it, it went down pretty quickly. So not, not a lot of, it's about having the right people, the right songs and the right feeling in the room and the right room. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Uh, You know, for me to, to get it right. And then, you know, but also I, they always tell you don't produce your own records, but I produced that record and I mixed it. Mixed I also it. mixed it three mm-hmm. times all the way through till I got it right. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's impressive. But, yeah. 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 Oh. I, I noticed that. I was, I was listening to American Sun this morning. I was having my coffee and it was funny because we were just, we just had Mark Riddell. I mean, to what Patrick was just talking about, the country yeah. music we can't stand. Mark, we we're talking about that with Mark, like trying to, trying to break down like what's gone wrong in the country music industry. And, and, uh, and I started listening to American Sun this morning and it's just every song is just so satisfying. Like mm. every time, every one, I'm just like, yes. And that, now hearing the way you recorded it, it just completely makes sense. It's just so in the pocket of so many yeah. different pockets. I mean, those guys, you know, those guys blow me away too. Like, you know, on the, I think it was the solo for me, I think it was Brooklyn twang, the song where it switches from the steel to the guitar. And, uh, and that's no, that's no editing. There's no nothing. Those guys just fucking did it that way. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You guys are fucking insane. Like, you know, didn't even bat an eye. Like they just looked at each other across the room. Okay. You take it. And then it was like, right. Wow. So, you know, and that just kind of, that vibe perpetuates the mood in the room. It's like, okay, we're doing some shit. Yeah. Are these the same guys you know that what? came down and played the, the twang fest? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and they'll be down again this year. Oh, fantastic! Excellent. Yeah. That okay. Let me ask you a quick, a quick. So, anybody living or dead, who would you want to record uh, one of your songs? And what's do, do, just off the top of your head, who would you want to record your song? And what song? God damn! I know. I should have warned you. <laughs> I mean, uh, living or dead, anybody. Uh, I, Gary Stewart doing single scoop, single lady would. I would be done. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I've reached the pinnacle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm simple man to please, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, that's, there's, you know, a bunch more, but for sure that would be, you know, but then again, anybody, any song, as long as I get the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amen. That's also like that's also what you realize like as you get older and you're in this in this bullshit of a business for so long enough it's an addiction honestly you know I can't stop doing it it's just something I have to do but you realize like you know to me there's no such thing as selling out you know it's it's you, we do this for a living and it's a business you know you need to put some heart and soul and feeling and honesty into it mm-hmm. but like if Chevy wants to fucking have somebody record one of my songs, I'm like, yeah, you can fully buy it, you know, for the right amount of money. I can yeah. write another one, you know. So anybody, anywhere, if you're listening, all yeah. songs are for sale. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. The, 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 the sellout thing is when you're in a punk rock band and you decide then one moment, then you're going to go contact Chevy about this riff that you, you know, and, sure. and again, I have no problem with that. As long as you're not, if it feels right to you and you're not betraying what you, you know, your, your own, they go for it. You're fucking, right. you know, yeah. live. Uh, and I have to ask another question too. We have to, uh, every week, uh, here on Slappercast, on sunny old Slappercast, we kill a song. We take a song from history, mm-hmm. any artist, anywhere over time, and kill it. Only the only thing is, it never comes back. You never get to hear it again. So choose wisely, my friend. Uh, and if you want a minute, that's fine too. We just we need one song from you. We're gonna kill it today. Shit, there's so many. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, I like everything. We should just keep everything. Everything's great. Oh, I don't know. I can, I can, I can maybe guide you and just say Paul McCartney or. <laughs> well, I'm first, one, first we, one that came to my mind was the Paul McCartney Christmas song. We did that last week. <laughs> okay, That's very yes, right. Small world, gents. Small uh, world. Let me think on this for a minute. Okay, I'll yeah. come back to it. Yeah. That's okay, it. we'll come back. Chad, do you have one ready? No, I just remember it. Oh, I, had no, one, I forgot one? it. Eric's got one. Did we do Under the Bridge yet by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? That's a good fucking song, man. To kill. We we were out the other day, and and I think the new Chili Peppers song came on. I was just like, oh, "Oh, what is this crap? (laughs) And and, uh, just just so Under the Bridge downtown is where we killed that song. I think it should be my pick for the week. (laughs) That's, that's, That's exceptional. Exceptional work, ECH. Chad, you got one now. I know you do. Ah. God damn it, I should have prepared for this. Yeah, well, it's not like we do it every week. Right? I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I would I would maybe go with also the uh, that uh the the hey hey what's going on Linda Perry? Yeah, nice one. Nice one. Uh, very unnecessary. Yes. You know. Wow, I, I I heard one and I and I I can't remember the name but I I I know that you you guys will know who it is. It was the 90s and it was uh, a guy uh uh kind of frosted hair and and, and I'm, I'm afraid to recall that I, I have to kill this song in particular but I'm afraid to uh, Everclear uh, you talking about? No Everclear no, no close to it though Okay, I'll clear any of there A lot of the 90s stuff was pretty shitty Yeah um, Mark he, he was in a band um, god damn it but I have to kill this song this week and, and I just lost the name now that we were that I, w- I was I was flexing Sugar Ray. What was that song? Thank you, Eric C. Hughes. I can't remember. All I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Da, 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 The Halo song. The, there's a, there's a hanger from my four-post bed. Whatever that That's song what I was called. just thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark McGrath is the guy's name. Thank you. Um, that's my... I can't think. Let me, let me look at that. That's, that's good. That's good. That's that's all I need. That's de- dead. Woo. <laughs> 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 Patrick, what was the name of that song that we had to do for the wedding? Oh my God! Uh, the father and uh, no, the, the the most recent the most recent crap song we had to learn. This was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where what's uh, your face sang it? The song was called "Sack of Shit" and the <laughs> the yeah uh, yeah. I know which one you're talking. And, and, mm. and my mind will refuse it. Your mind or something? Yeah, your mind. That one. My, my mind has blocked it out so badly that I think I've even lost two inches okay. in height. 
Okay, well, I, I have another one. I'm kind of stealing this from Pat Finnerty, the guy on YouTube I was telling you about recently. Uh, Soul, hey, Soul Sister by Train. Anybody know that song? Oh, yeah. I don't know it. Fucking awful. It sounds awful. <laughs> I've heard it. I, I, I didn't yeah. know what they were called. I didn't know the name of the band was Train until I, I was watching this video about it recently. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck that song. <laughs> yeah. You hear it all the time. It, that was everywhere for, for a minute. Yeah. Everywhere. That's kind that's, of that's, You know what? That, that fucking song started the whole ukulele movement. That's right. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it fuck was that song that, even harder. How do we fuck that song that's harder? The song. That's the song. <laughs> there, there's, there's this guy on YouTube I discovered recently named Pat Fennerty, and he, he, he's really good at poking fun at songs that, that, that are terrible like that, and he goes into depth to ridiculous extents to try to show how, right. how ridiculous that song is, including the whole ukulele, uh, ukulele thing. Uh, wow. Speaking of podcasts, uh, what's, it's, it's called... Uh, it's just a funny story. We were driving back from the from Austin yesterday, and I put this on. It was called what the fuck is it called? Uh, Disgraceland. You guys know that podcast? No, like Graceland, but Disgraceland. Uh huh. I just clicked on it because the title said uh, something like John Denver and the JFK assassination, right? <laughs> and apparently, so it goes on. And I'm like, what? This is fucking crazy. So apparently, John Denver was like a MK Ultra agent, right? And a and a super sniper uh before he became the singer. And uh apparently he was the the actual shooter on the overpass and it got all whitewashed and whatever, blah blah blah. And then he goes into in-depth detail how and he blocked it out of his head and he had these flashbacks. He couldn't explain what it was and blah blah blah. And then I realized it was the fucking April Fool's Day episode. <laughs> 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 nice. That's good. I was like, no way. I'm gonna have to research this. He's like, just remember, this is all satire. Happy April Fool's Day. <laughs> did they, did they get a chance? Did they, did they get a chance to tie in the plane crash and how mysterious that was? Was that part of the whole thing? Totally. Well, he he, the plane crash was because he'd finally remembered what he had done and committed suicide. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's, That's cool. Should. I'm gonna have to listen I'll, to that. It was parody, but we'll take it. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you're under the influence too, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Exactly. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So, so what's next? What's next in the recording? Are you are you going to be doing another record? Or are you going to be taking the uh, the singles route? Uh, no, I'm doing another record. I don't believe in the singles route for some reason. I don't Ooh. know. It seems weird to me. Uh, a lot of people are doing it, but I don't know. I like a, the bookend of a record. It's a mm-hmm. to me, it's a whole. It's a piece. It's like a book. You know, so I'm getting ready to to do it. I'm, I've got a bunch of songs, uh, sort of in my head, and uh, a couple that are pretty written. Pretty much, the paint's dry. Um, it's it's definitely in the works. So I'm gonna have to set some time aside and and really write it because I want to get it out. You know, definitely before the summer's over. Uh, pretty quick. Are you gonna um, record it in Houston, or you're gonna go back up to yeah. New York? No, we're gonna we're gonna do it here. The, as of right now, the record's called Houston. Um, oh, cool! And, I already you know, love it. It's got <laughs> that you know with Roberto Rodriguez on accordion and that kind of that southern kind of vibe. It's gonna be kind of Texas tornadoes ish, Jeff uh, Joe Ely ish kind of you know yeah. with, with a Brooklyn twang spin on it. And uh, yeah, the plan is I think I'm just gonna set up uh, uh, everybody in the in the club. Uh, for a couple of days when we're closed and we're just oh, nice. hanging out there, you know, I've got, we've got the gear. So I think that's the plan. That's great. That's a great yeah. idea. Cool. Uh, w- 
where's your what's your website what's your what's the best way people can find you uh if you go brooklyntwang.com that'll take you there it'll it'll uh, redirect to lubadvorshag.com um that's the web stuff and then you just my name on on all the socials and stuff i'm not really active on there but yeah you can find me or just google me that's the best way yeah don't look at the images though <laughs> unless you're over 18 and you got a strong stomach ladies safe for work so with with recording in Houston and and in Houston, are, are you, you going to bring your guys down from New York? You're gonna no, I'm gonna use the band here. Good, good, good. And and what, what's your what's your regular gig? Are you still doing the the Cowboy Surfer during yep. the week? Yeah, we do Cowboy Surfer every Monday, um, and um, <clears throat> then we do first Thursdays at the Big Top, and um, and then the Continental on Tuesdays, and uh, you know the Monday Tuesday run right now is. Is is uh, is quite a quite a thing, you know. Yeah, uh, phys- cool. physically, um, and then working at the club. So yeah, it's a definitely a plate is full kind of a deal. So, but yeah, I like to, you know, I'll, you know, come find me. You know, you know where I'm. I'm Monday every night, Cowboy Surfer in Houston every Tuesday in Austin. Yeah, that's a, and 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 also just if if you need anything musically related, anything to bang on, anything to strum on, anything to throw, you go see Luba at Rock and Robin. That's right. Our oldest, our greatest institute, right? Isn't that, isn't that the oldest music shop That's now? By- it's got to be now, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, 50 years now, this 50 year. God. Um, <sighs> family owned. Uh, I think it's the only, the last full family owned music shop uh, in the country, I believe. Fully yeah. family owned. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, he's, yeah he's, it's, it's an institution. It's it's famous. I mean, I remember when I was a kid uh, in you know Guitar Player magazine. I remember seeing Rock and Robin ads and Robin guitar ads, and then I came down here. I didn't even make the connection that it was down here. I was just driving down down Shepherd one time, and I was like, "Holy fuck, it's here!" It's here. <laughs> wow, no way. you know. And then you go and you're like, "No way!" <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, I, and you I, see I the in, much- you see the inventory, and you understand why he has been around so long. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, part guitar shop, part museum. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's a thing. No doubt. Yeah. And part needs to be commended for not only hanging on, but really taking care of the, taking care of the gang down there. And it's just, it's a joy to see you in there because we've, you know, we've been through a lot. We've had some good guys in there and some not so good guys, but right. you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. They have the best now. And I cannot, t- I cannot recommend your shows uh, highly enough I, you just you've just got to go see if, if 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 you have a love for true country music and you've got a love for great songwriting and just shit hot band i don't care i don't <laughs> care i've never seen you play with a dog i've never seen you you know i've never seen you mail it in i just i'm a fan i'm a we're we're, 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 we're fans yeah you know um, yeah it's got to be the, i mean it's got to be the right vibe with the right people that's like i said always you know it's got to be it's just kind of it, it just kind of you, you you just kind of gravitate towards each other, I think, you know, and then, then you, and then the sound locks in and it's, then you have to, then you don't have to think about any of the bullshit. You just start rocking. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No question. Well, you have it down and we, you're our, you're our number one call when it, when, when we're in need of a, we you know we have to call now a year in advance because we know your schedule, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we just, we, we, I, I cannot thank you enough for setting our board up, which is still every setting is the exact same as when you left it. So Perfect. that's not yeah. out of laziness, by the way. That's that's out of <laughs> yeah. So, technology. Click yeah. save. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. No, yeah. man. Absolutely. I always love working with you guys. 
Yeah, well, it's it, it, it's going to happen again, and I, like I said, we, we've got well, we we do have to get Eric out of here. We've got a Eric's got a a little deal he's got to make <laughs> later, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that, that's him. Uh, no, but we're we, we're we're so grateful. We're so grateful to You're have going you to on. For Christ's sake, you can't say that when you know I'm going to go <laughs> for Christ's sake. God, uh, marker. Don't worry, I, I got you covered. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, but yeah, we, and, you know, like I said, we, we, <laughs> we crossed Eric's line finally, and we're back. <laughs> good, when, good, when, good. It, when it comes to my own marker, marker that shit. Well, wait, what, what happened to all that? That's fine because I, I don't know those okay. people. I don't know those people. Yeah, okay. we got a just a little, just a little separation. That's all. A little separation. All right, a little, all right. A little separation. But Luba, Luba, we love you, son. Yes, sir. Cannot wait to see you live again, and uh, we're we're gonna post all your all your links and whatnot. But man, you know, thank you for coming on, and we're just uh, we're just happy to have another Houston legend. On oh man, thank you so much. I mean, I know, I know we've been trying to plan this for a while, so I'm glad we could do this. And um, you know, yeah, like I said, uh, one of my favorite bands, Blackguards, absolutely. Thank man. you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 